waiting down the line this afternoon is one of our favourites here on Sports Drive. The man I do speak of is the host of the Breakpoint podcast, Val Febo. Val, welcome back to the program. Thanks, Matt. Good to be back. How's things going over in the West? Yeah, we're doing very well. Uh, looking forward to the footy season indeed and uh, plenty of great cricket going on. Geez, we're, we're dominant in the cricket. I mean, us in the Sheffield Shield, we just about don't get beat ever. Uh, we've just <laughs> won the, the Big Bash, you know, the Perth Scorchers. We're doing fantastic over here. So uh, things are great at the moment. They are a little hot, Val, about uh, 37, 38 degrees today. I don't know how, how are things over there in terms of the weather. Uh, weather in Melbourne at the moment is currently 17 degrees. Wow. It's last day of summer has not produced the good today. It's been quite awful, rainy and cold and, and quite shocking, to be honest. So a bit disappointing. But how good was the cricket result between oh. the Kiwis and England? We were we stopped work during the day to, uh, to pretty much watch a lot of that um, at, um, in the final overs. And, yeah, that was, that was amazing. But... Um, yeah, it's been uh, been a good couple of weeks of sport altogether. It certainly has, and uh, yeah, that is one of the best tests you'd you'd ever see. Uh, New Zealand winning by one run, forced to follow on. You've got Bazball in full swing. It was great to watch, and uh, Neil Wagner, shout out to him who did a fantastic job to uh, close out that match. Uh, but Val, you're joining us to talk some tennis, so, uh, and there's plenty of tennis going on right now around the world. Uh, we've got competitions in Dubai, Alcapulco, Indian Wells to come uh, very, very shortly. Um, so tell us, um, what do we, what do we uh, have to look forward to the most come uh, Indian Wells? Who is the player uh, that is taking over the world right now? Well, I'm glad you rang me this or you got me on this week because this, actually, this week is actually one of my favourite weeks of the year. We've got Acapulco, and Dubai. You've got tennis pretty much 24 hours a day because Dubai runs all night and they start Acapulco so late in the day that matches go until 4, 5, 6 p.m. Melbourne time. So it's absolutely fantastic. The quality of tennis is elite because we get the top players playing. Djokovic will play in Dubai this week. He's returned um, to tennis since the Australian Open, his first match back. We've got Daniel Medvedev, who's, on the, who's in fine form, back-to-back tournament wins for him. Yannick Sinner's playing really well. Alexander Zverev is, try, is getting there, trying to find his form. Then we've got the clay court, um, the clay court swing that we just had in um, in South America, which is still going at the moment. But Carlos Alcaraz, he made his return to tennis, played an epic final in Rio with Cam Norrie yesterday, which unfortunately for Alcaraz, he sustained another injury to his opposite leg um, from the Australian Open. Um, so I'm not sure how things will go in terms of his recovery there, but Norrie got him 7-5 in the third in what was one of the more bizarre and epic finals that you'll see. Heading into Indian Wells, Daniel Medvedev looking the goods at the moment. He is playing some sensational tennis, and back-to-back tournaments for him, he's starting to look like his mental best. Um, physically, he's been fine for the last year, but you know, I think since that Australian Open lost to Nadal, in 2022, things have been looking quite bad for him in terms of his mentality and, and how he's actually been performing on a consistent level. It just hasn't been there, but it's starting to click back again. Cam Norrie, third in the race to Turin at the moment. He is on fire. I was a bit doubtful and sceptical of his decision to go and play the clay court swing in South America. Come up Trump. He made the final in Buenos Aires and then has gone on to win in um, in Rio, the only player, well, he's only lost three matches so far this year. He's beaten the world number two twice. He's beaten Alcaraz, beaten Nadal. He's he is on absolute fire. So there's a few players, and and of course he won Indian Wells in 2021. So 
Cam Norrie, I think, at the moment, is probably the one to watch, along with Daniel Medvedev and Carlos Alcaraz, with Djokovic not being able to play, as, as far as I know, Dubai, uh, sorry, Indian Wells and Miami. Okay, so um, Carlos Alcaraz, let's start there. Now, he's been getting a little bit of criticism in terms of the tournaments that he elects to play uh, throughout the year. There's people that feel um, that the tournaments he chooses are a little light on talent. Do you think that's a fair criticism? Not at all, really. Um, the guy won... The guy won... Well, if you look at Rio last year, he defeated Fabio Fanini, Diego Schwartzman, Matteo Berrettini. Then he went on to win uh, Miami. He did well at Indian Wells, made the semifinals there. When I, he won two Masters 1000s. He won a Grand Slam. He's a superstar. Yeah, this year his return to tennis is on is in Buenos Aires and Rio, but it's on clay. Rio's an ATP 500. It's not his fault if the tournament doesn't get doesn't get the stars that it usually does. Look, the field was a lot weaker this year than what it previously has been in terms of the the players that have that have gone there. But I think that's a load of crap to be quite honest. But like, yeah, the tournaments in in Europe and and Doha were you know had stronger fields, but I, I think that's really unfair on Carlos because he's just come back from injury. If You can only beat who's in front of you, and if he wants to go play the South American clay court swing, then he's entitled to do that. I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with, with what he's done because you know, he came out, he won one and should have won the other, was up a set and free love against Norrie in the final, but you know he's a superstar and it, it's going to take a lot to beat him no matter who it is. Yep, I disagree as well. And, uh, yeah, Carlos Alcaraz, geez, he's looking very ominous as we head towards the French Open on the clay indeed. Uh, all right, Novak Djokovic, uh, let's get into it because he has now spent the most weeks at world number one ever. He surpassed Steffi Graf for that record. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, just, I mean, new achievement for Novak Djokovic, once again, a, a record breaker. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. Three hundred and seventy-eight weeks at number one. It's um, yeah, it's, it's quite remarkable. I don't think anybody thought that any that people that someone would get to Federer's record of three hundred and eighteen um, at the time. But yeah, Djokovic has done so well to to get himself um, to this position. And yeah, the fact that he's he's back there, especially after the year that he had last year, shows where his tennis is at at the moment. And um, yeah, the way that he's playing, it's, it's going to be hard to knock him off his perch, but. I think what we could be set up for if Alcaraz stays fit is probably one of... It will happen eventually. It will be an epic contest. We already got a taste of it in Madrid last year where they played for three and a half hours and Alcaraz won it 7-6 and a third. If we can get that at a grand slam, oh, it's just going to be unbelievable because Djokovic is the front runner at the moment and Alcaraz is the challenger and he is coming for Novak. It is going to be something special. So... Fingers crossed we can see it, but yeah, Djokovic, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get to 400, which I don't think it'll ever be eclipsed, to be quite frank. It'll be, it's going to take something special from someone to be able to do it, and I, I don't know if it'll be possible. Okay, so what's the latest on, on Novak as we do build towards the French Open in terms of his health? Health-wise, I think he's fine. I don't think he's, I, to be honest, that the naysayers and the Nolle fam will come after me again, but there was nothing wrong with him at the AO. I, I refuse to believe anything that was said about his hamstring tear because if you're going to try and fool people, Matt, don't fool people that see it happen every week in AFL and NRL because 
as a Richmond supporter myself, I see Dion Prestia do it every second week, and he can't. And you know, he can't come back and play two days later, let alone slide around and run around a tennis court. I'm, it's, you can't be doing that. So I, I firmly disbelieve the fact that he was that he had a hamstring tear. So I think he's fully fit. I think he's fine. Um, and if he's winning, if he's continuing to dominate like he did at the Australian Open, I don't think there's anybody that's going to be able to beat him. Okay, and what about Rafael Nadal? How is he shaping up as we head towards the French? Yeah, Rafa's the interesting one. I'm not sure how things are going with him. Obviously, the injury at the Australian Open was really tough for him, but yeah, it's it's a worry because he's the dominant force at Roland Garros, and I'm not sure that he's going to be able to pull this one out of a hat, to be quite honest. He's, you know, it was, it was a tough loss against Mackenzie McDonald and things were really difficult for him on the court and he just couldn't get the job done, which was really unfortunate. And I hope that we can see Rafa at full fitness. I hope that we can see him push at Roland Garros because it wouldn't be a French Open without him pushing. But it's one that I just don't know. Um, I haven't really seen too many updates about his health and about how he's going, but I think he... I think he'll be sitting out Indian Wells in Miami. I think he'll be you know, taking some slow. He had surgery, and I reckon he'll just make sure that he's okay for the clay court season. Okay, I've got two more, uh, two more for you health-wise before we do turn our attention to the court. Uh, Andy Murray, now he played in a, a, a great final once again in Doha. He went down to Daniil Medvedev, but he has been in some pretty good form, Andy Murray, since the Australian Open. Um, now, he has cancelled his matchup in Dubai against Hubert Hurkacz, so he won't be taking part in uh, the Dubai Tennis Championship. So what's the latest on Andy? I think fatigue, probably. He just needs to make sure that his body's okay. He can't be doing what he did at the Australian Open consistently because what he was doing there, that was that was bionic. Um, it, was, it was gargantuan, the effort that he put in to even get to the third round and save match points, save... Uh, you know, broke when Kokonakis was serving for the match. Played then played a three and a half hour match against Roberto Batista Agut. So it was difficult for him. He hadn't really played much since the Australian Open. Then came back in Dubai. Oh, sorry, Doha last week, and he saved match points left, right, and center. And Daniel Medvedev even said it in the in his um, acceptance speech in the final. Said, oh, you know, I got to five four in the second set, and I got the match point. And I'm like, oh no, I've got match point against Andy here. He's going to come back and get me, isn't he? Um, unfortunately for Murray this time, it didn't happen, but he was putting in effort after effort after effort. Three sets against Alexander Zverev, three sets against Lorenzo Sonigo, three sets against Yudi Lehechka. Um, it, it was a mammoth performance from Andy Murray to even get to the final to save as many match points as he did. Um, you know, he should be so proud of what he was able to do last week. And he continues his gradual rise up the rankings, which has been so impressive this year. And tennis, Tennis needs Andy Murray because he has been such a wonderful force for this game over the past 15 years. So, fingers crossed we can see him continue to push and, and, and you know, win a couple more titles in his career because he deserves that. And I, think, um, and I think the sport owes him a little bit because there were a lot of lost years for Andy Murray. And I'm still of firm belief if Andy Murray didn't go down with his hip injury, the Grand Slam tally would look a lot different between the big three. I can guarantee you that. Okay. Uh, we're speaking to Val Febo here on Sports Drive this afternoon. Uh, Val, as mentioned, one more player to uh, look into in terms of their health, and that's Nick Kyrgios, who did undergo knee surgery. Uh, how is he looking as we head towards Indian Wells, uh, Miami, and then, of course, the French Open? 
I've, I've seen he's done a couple of practice sessions. Um, I, I don't think he'll play Indian Wells. Um, I think that was the the scheduled comeback. I'm not sure. I haven't seen his name sort of floated anywhere. Um, I'll need to have a look, obviously, when the draw comes out. But I think he was on the entry list. So we'll see what happens. I think Miami he'll be okay for. Um, and whether he wants to play the clay court season, who knows? He, he's generally wanted to, to skip it. He doesn't really like clay that much um, compared to the other surfaces. Obviously, you have to work a little bit harder for your points on clay and problem solve a little bit more. And I'm not sure whether Nick actually has the patience for it, but he's got a good game on clay. We've seen him beat Roger Federer on the surface. His maiden Grand Slam win actually came at the French Open. So um, Nick Kyrgios, we know what he can do on clay. We know he's got the good. Um, whether he actually pulls it together, I'm not sure. But if he wants to get his ranking up and ensure that he's got good seeding for Wimbledon and that he's got a protected ranking at the slams, I think he needs to be playing and he needs to make sure that his body is okay because, quite frankly, he doesn't do enough off-court to make sure that his body will hold up. So that's the one worry about Nick Kyrgios is that, from what I understand, he doesn't do the utmost outside or off the court to ensure that his body will stay right on it. All right, let's let's get into some tennis now. Let's talk uh, about what's happening on the court. Uh, we'll go from one Aussie to another. We'll go to Chris O'Connell because he's in action up against uh, Emil Roussevori uh, a bit later on this evening at about 6 o'clock WA time in Dubai. Uh, Chris O'Connell, great to see him qualify for the event. It's so good. It is so, so good. This guy has had so many injuries and he's, he's had to fight his way back in, or into the top 100 for the first time, got direct entry into the Australian Open uh, this year, which was so good considering what he's been through. And, you know, COVID really stifled his run. He, he jumped a ton of spots in 2019 to get his ranking up to a good spot where he could possibly qualify for the AO um, and, and the other slams and keep building on what was such a successful year. But then COVID two years has pretty much halted his progress. 2022 was a massive season for him. And he dipped a little bit at the start of the year because he had a few points to defend. But he made the quarterfinals in Doha last week, which was a splendid effort to get through. He beat Fernando Vadasco in an epic contest and then pushed Daniel Medvedev right to the wire. Got it to five all in the third set. Medvedev ended up going on to win the title. So that's a massive effort from Chris O'Connell. And he's continued his form at qualifying for Dubai, beating Quentin Halley in the uh, in the final round to get through in straight sets. Halley's actually played quite well against Novak Djokovic in January um, in Adelaide. So a really good performance from O'Connell, hopefully. And, and look, the way he's playing, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get Rusevori tonight and move into the second round, which in terms of points and prize money in an ATP 500 to do that, that's, Dubai's a big tournament. So for him to be doing that, that's massive, and he can really try and push his ranking further up and, and get himself direct entry into some of the Masters events, some of the um, and, and some of the uh, and the other slams as well. So hopefully, uh, Chris O'Connell we can be seeing a lot more of him. He's a great guy, humble guy, and yeah, wish him nothing but the best. Well, you mentioned Quentin Alice. Uh, well, he's having nightmares at the moment because the Aussies are beating down on him um, in the round of 32. Tanasi Kokonakis uh, beat him as well in straight sets, and he's advanced to the next round. A lucky loser into um, lucky loser spot into the um, into the into Dubai and Thanasi got the job done because it was an amazing performance um, it, it, and look he's in good form himself Thanasi back inside the top hundred a hundred even now um, after winning a challenger title in Bahrain a couple of weeks ago so amazing to see Thanasi back he looks good 
in the Australian summer. He looked very good. Should have put Andy Murray away. If he did, I, I reckon there was a chance for him to beat Bautista um, even though he lost to him in a tight one in the Adelaide semi-finals. But Panasi is in ominous form. He's striking the ball well. Super impressed with his game at the moment. So let's see where he can push this Dubai tournament. I'm not sure where it'll go, but yeah, hopefully um, it, it's just he just needs this little springboard to get himself up the rankings and push towards the latter half of the year. Our other Aussie, uh, Alexi Popperin, going down uh, to uh, Pavel Kotov in the um, round of 32. He went down in three sets, unfortunately, uh, for him. So there you go. Um, taking a look now at Alcapulco, uh, we do have Alex Dimonor set to uh, play. Uh, we've got uh, Pacheco coming up. That is uh, tomorrow at about 11 a.m. WA time, give or take. So uh, we do have another Aussie in action, but uh, this time in Alcapulco. Yeah, look, this is one of my favourite tournaments because they play so late. This holds the record for the latest finish to an ATP match at 4.55 a.m. last year. Alexander Zverev and Jensen Brooksby played an absolute epic. There's always a narrative. There's always an epic. It's a great spot right on the water. Um, it's got a real party atmosphere about it. All the big guns tend to head down there or Dubai. It, it is one of my favourite weeks. I cannot understate how good this week is in tennis because we've also got Chile as well, which is holding a clay court event um, on the men's side of things as well, which also has Dominic Team playing. So, yeah, really excited for Acapulco in terms of the players. Taylor Fritz is there, had a win today. Holger Runa, another one who's been in okay form. A couple of injuries have, have hit him over the last few weeks, which hasn't been... Um, two flash. But Demon, I'm not really sure what to expect, in all honesty. Should have beaten Grigor Dimitrov in the quarterfinals of Rotterdam, especially after beating Andre Rublev in the first round. I think that's a really disappointing result for Alex. Um, you know, it was up a break in the third um, and, and had chances to win it. Two match points in back. Grigor came up trumps, won that. And then also losing to Benjamin Bonzi last week. Um, Bonzi ended up making the final of, um, of Marseille. That's a match that Demon just has to be winning, to be honest. Um, if he wants to continue his push up the rankings and possibly even contend, you know, for the bigger tournaments, he's just got to—he's got to win these matches. And the losses happen sort of often enough that it, it can be quite a hindrance on him. So, yeah, it's, and he beat Bonzi at the Australian Open. So I think, um, it, you know, it's one for the drawing board. I think for Alex, and he's seeded eighth in Acapulco, so hopefully he can go on and, and push it. What is? What is a wonderful event. Bernard Tomic has made the final there in 2016. Nick Kyrgios has won the tournament there in 2019. So, um, you know, there's, there's plenty of um, good history for Australia there. And, yeah, fingers crossed we can see something good. Who would you liken Alex Demonor to in tennis history the most? Is it is it Leighton or is it someone else? Yeah, I, I think probably along the Hewitt mould. Um, Hewitt was very lucky when he cashed in. Um, you know, Leighton won his Grand Slams in 2001 and two at the US in 01 and Wimbledon in 02, the year before Roger Federer won his first. And then after that, he really struggled against Federer. He didn't beat Federer from 03 to 2010. So you know, he, was, he was up there around the top 10 at the time. And I think, you know, he tried to bulk up and, and did his best to do so and, and fought a lot. But he can only really push himself into the top 20 for the last sort of seven or eight years of his of his career, had a lot of injuries that sort of debilitated him, especially with his hip, which made things a lot tougher. So if Demon can stay on the court, I think there's capabilities for him, but he needs to bulk up and get some weapons. I think that 
his ground strokes need a little bit more weight behind them, and that's where he struggles. I think the grass is a really good surface for him to actually start to dominate a little bit on or use the pace of the US Open course. I don't think the first two slams of the year, like an Australian Open or a French Open, will suit him too much because they are a little bit slower than what you get um, at the US. And then Wimbledon, he uses the pace of his opponents so well and he's such a good returner. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. I think Hewitt is probably that one that, that I liken him to and he's moulded his game around late. He's mentored him for years now. So, yeah, really interesting one for Demon Or. I think um, this, this is a big year for him to try and push and, and get his ranking inside the top 15 yeah, it certainly is. You might have just cut out at the very end there, uh, Val, but we did get most of what you said. Uh, Val, it's been a pleasure chatting on the program today. Thank you very much for taking the time and uh, all the very best. No problems, Matt. Have a good night. You too. And there he goes, Val Febo, host of the Breakpoint podcast. I thank him for his time on the show today.